0: Welcome back to Source Code Deciphers Weekly News Wrap podcast. This week, a new initiative backed by the federal government and a number of high-profile device manufacturers was announced, which aims to develop a set of security standards for IoT devices. The program, called the U.S. Cyber Trust Mark, will produce a seal of trust that manufacturers who meet those standards can place on their IoT products. Although the program is mainly focused on consumer products, it will have some implications for SMBs, enterprises, and other organizations. Federal Communications Commission Chairperson Jessica Rosenworcel. Talked more about the program during a live streamed session by the White House on the Internet of Things Labeling Initiative.
1: Today, I put before my colleagues a proposal to put in place the first ever voluntary cybersecurity labeling program for connected smart devices. We're calling it the US Cyber Trust Mark. And just like the Energy Star logo helps consumers know what devices are energy efficient. The cyber trust mark will help consumers make more informed purchasing and more informed decisions about what kind of devices they bring into their homes and businesses. So when you need a baby monitor or a new home appliance, you'll be able to look for the cyber trust mark, and you'll be able to shop with greater confidence. What's more, because we know devices and services are not static, we're proposing that along with the mark, we'll have a QR code that provides up-to-date information on the device. So this proposal builds on the good work that's already been done by government and industry because we're going to rely on those NIST-recommended criteria to set the Cyber Trust mark program up. That means we're going to use criteria device manufacturers already know. And when they choose to meet the related standards, they're going to be able to showcase privacy and security in the marketplace by displaying this mark. And over time, we hope more companies will want to display it. And even better, more consumers will demand it.
0: This program has been in the works for a while, and federal officials worked with both private sector experts and security researchers to develop the baseline security requirements. A number of large technology companies are participating in the program already, including Cisco, Google, Samsung, and Keysight. Others likely will follow in the coming months as the program continues. In other news, the U.S. government this week Crackdown on spyware by adding two entities, Intellexa and Cytrox, to the Department of Commerce's export control list. The companies are known for providing law enforcement and intelligence agencies with the predator spyware, which has various information stealing, surveillance, and remote access capabilities. The export control listing is one way that the U.S. government is attempting to curb spyware, and the Biden administration has previously blacklisted NSO Group. The Biden administration has also released an executive order that prohibits U.S. government use of commercial spyware. Meanwhile, many privacy experts have also advocated for a more drastic approach of a complete global moratorium on selling, transferring, and using spyware. This all comes as the spyware commercial market continues to explode and more and more companies selling spyware pop up. Finally, in cybersecurity news this week, the FIN-8 financially motivated threat actor has recently reworked its known backdoor, Sardonic, in order to avoid detection, warned researchers. FIN-8, which has been around since 2016, has targeted companies around the hospitality, retail, entertainment, insurance, technology, and finance industries in the U.S., researchers recently found a revamped version of its sardonic backdoor, which has a broad array of capabilities. John Paul Power, intelligence analyst with Semantic Threat Hunter Team, part of Broadcom, talks more about the evolution of Fin8's backdoors and its most recent malware.
2: In the past few years, the cybercrime group we call Sysphinx, which is also known as Fin8, uh, shifted from using point-of-sale malware to using ransomware and victim machines. In 2021, the group started using Ragnar Locker ransomware, then later was spotted using a ransomware called White Rabbit. Uh, SysFinx used a few backdoor threats to deploy this ransomware, but what, the one it's been using re- more recently is called Sardonic. We recently saw the group using a variant of this backdoor to drop the Noborus, aka Black Cat, ransomware on Vic machines. Now, the group is known for periodically updating its tools and tactics, but what makes this variant of Sardonic interesting is that most of its features have been changed to give it a new appearance, suggesting that the Sysphinx thread actors are attempting to avoid similarities with a previous version of the malware that was analysed by Bitdefender back in 2021. On the surface, both of the Sardonic Uh, variants basically have the same functionality. The ability to drop additional malware onto infected machines, execute commands, and steal data. But when we look a bit closer, we found a few differences. Uh, The version analyzed by Bitdefender was written in C++, but with the version semantic uncovered, we found that uh, most of the object oriented features were written in C. Another difference between the attack described by Bitdefender and the one analyzed by us is the technique used to deploy the backdoor. In our case, Sardonic was embedded into a PowerShell script, while in Bitdefender's case, the attackers used shellcode to download and execute the malware.
0: Power said that the threat actors made various changes to the most recent backdoor.
2: Uh, the version of Sardonic we analyzed also introduced a few uh, new features and improvements, with uh, some of them likely introduced to help evade detection. Uh, one example is the addition of support for more plugin formats to extend the malware's functionality. Uh, this provides different options for the attackers to run the plugins, such as PE PEDLLs and shellcode. And it's possible some of these options could be more difficult to detect or block. As well, the the revamped backdoor obfuscates some features that were easy to see in the original C++-based sardonic. For example, the C++ variant contains multiple strings in plain text that are obfuscated in the C-coded version we analyzed. Uh, Bitdefender also took advantage of certain metadata in the original samples to help with their analysis. uh, And these features were removed in the samples analyzed by us. In addition, uh, some of the changes made by the threat actors are just a bit odd and appear just to be changes made for the sake of change, uh, which again suggests the goal was to distance the malware from the sample analyzed by Bitdefender. Uh, This goal also seems to be limited to just the backdoor itself, as other known Sysphinx techniques were still used in the attack.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's Source Code Podcast. Have a great weekend. While you were hacking the planet, I was